Two years ago, Americans watched in horror as a crisis unfolded at the Kabul airport. She was tear gassed and beaten. Images of thousands desperate to escape Taliban oppression filled our news feeds. More than 80,000 Afghans made it to America. But the story didn't end there. It was very cold. There was no power, no heat. Who would help our newest neighbors? I'm Andrea Smartin. In Stranger Becomes Neighbor, you'll hear the stories of some remarkable refugees who left their homes and their dreams behind only to start over from zero. Their only possession was three blankets. And you'll meet Americans who stepped up to help them. You want me to come when you deliver your baby. What can one person do in the face of an international disaster decades in the making? That's Stranger Becomes Neighbor. Find us at kslpodcast.com, follow us on Apple Podcasts, or anywhere else you listen. Welcome back. I am Lee Lonsberry, episode 96, a live mic today. Can I tell you something kind of funny that happened in the commercial break? As, as, a, as a talk show host, as someone in my position, I get pitches quite often. There will be people who will send me emails or voicemails or text messages or something uh, pitching their position or their story or something. Uh, well, I got one right now. I don't want to go. I don't, I'm not going to go into too many details here, uh, but uh, it caught my attention and got a chuckle out, out of me. I just got a pitch from a psychic. Yeah, a, a psychic, a psychic medium. They want to, to come on the program and give their perspective uh, on how you and I are doing as we combat the coronavirus together. Now, if I'm honest, producer Amy and I, we sit uh, throughout each morning trying to figure out unique and relevant and important and informative angles uh, to, to, <laughs> through which to present this coronavirus story. And if I'm honest, I hadn't quite thought of the psychic medium angle. So uh, what do you think? Should, should we book them? Yeah, I don't think so either. Uh, all right, here we go. We're going to continue on with the, the program. Welcome back to the program. A good friend of mine, Dr. Stephen Mobley, uh, facial plastic surgeon, uh, MobleyMD.com for all the information on his practice. Uh, and he has just been a, a great friend of mine, a friend of this show. And as we have uh, set up this uh, pretty regular conversation each week to talk about the various aspects of the coronavirus and uh, what we can learn from it and what we have learned about ourselves, it's just been a treat. I look forward to it each week. Uh, Dr. Mobley, welcome. Welcome back to the program. How are you doing? Thank you, Lee, for having me on. It's great to be back on. I hope I can give some insight uh, to your listeners. Always things changing quickly in the world of COVID-19. Yeah, right. Let me. Here's what I'm going to do. Before we really get into our conversation, I want to play a piece of audio. It is from Dr. Anthony Fauci. It's from a short time ago discussing the group of people most at risk uh, of severe health problems associated with the coronavirus. I want, to, I want to hear from Dr. Fauci here for a moment, and then I want you and I to talk about uh, the other group of folks, the ones who uh, don't necessarily carry with them uh, the comorbidities described here by uh, Dr. Fauci. For the most part, the people who get in trouble and ultimately, tragically, would die from this are people who are elderly and or have underlying conditions, heart disease, chronic lung disease, diabetes, obesity because of the difficulty in breathing back and forth. However, every once in a while, you're going to see a one-off. You're going to see a 25-year-old person who looks otherwise well that's going to get seriously ill. But the vast majority of the people who get into trouble do have these underlying conditions. And that's why it confuses people, because they say, well, you just said that. And then there's a report of a 40-year-old physician from China who died. That's going to happen. That happens with influenza. Most of the time, influenza kills people who are advanced age and underlying conditions. But you hear in the media. 
So that is Dr. Fauci describing the folks, the folks most typically uh, who, who will uh, most typically prone to facing, you know, either death or serious complications. Those are elderly folks, folks with comorbidities, and it is uh, only the exception that younger, uh, healthier folks uh, really have dire consequences. Can you talk to me for a minute, Mobley, uh, about about what is the experience of a, of a otherwise young and healthy person who may contract this virus? Yeah, the best data we have is, I would echo what Dr. Fauci is saying, is that for the most part, we're getting a clearer and clearer picture of who coronavirus should be scary to the point where it could take your life. And it's a fairly select group of people, uh, typically over the age of 65, people with a history of bad lungs, people who are obese, otherwise probably you know physically out of shape. But for a whole lot of people, uh, it would be just either asymptomatic or a mild cold at best. So it seems to be there was a, a major study that came out in the New England Journal of Medicine in the last week or so, looking at about 6,000 people at one of the major New York City hospitals that was dealing with this at its peak. They reported essentially no deaths from the ages of 19 and under, a few deaths from the ages of 20 through about mid-50s, and then most of their deaths were definitely weighted to the 60 to over 85-year-old patient groups. What should be our our takeaways here? I'm of the understanding that as people like Governor Herbert and other uh, officials and medical professionals offer this guidance that we ought to all be wearing masks, that it is uh, designed to not protect ourselves, but to protect uh, the elderly. What what other takeaways are there uh, from the reality that younger, more healthy folks uh, really are are not necessarily facing uh, universally a life or death situation? Yeah, I think it's important for people to remember this. There's been a lot of reporting, and like Dr. Fauci was referring to, when that occasional 40-year-old, the 35-year-old has a stroke, these things are happening. They're real. But uh, because of the nature, I think, of our news reporting, they're often done to sensationalize and make that the top story on the national evening news and providing no context that might resent represent, you know, 0.001% of the deaths, you know, from this disease in the big picture. So they do tend to sensationalize these outliers, which tends to scare the average person. The tough thing, I think, is to look at it from the other part of the equation. What if I am in a high-risk group? What if I'm 65 years old, I'm out of shape, I'm a little overweight, and I have asthma? When do I get to go back to a normal life? And sadly, I don't think we have an easy answer for that group of people. I think for that group of people, they're going to be extremely self-quarantined, careful about their excursions to the grocery store. That group of people is in for a long ride, where a lot of us who don't have the risk factors probably could cautiously get back to a slightly more normal existence. That kind of goes hand in hand with what the governor had to say yesterday as uh, the majority of the population here in the state of Utah on Friday will move from the red or high state uh, of risk into the orange and moderate. He points out that exactly the group you just described will uh, and should remain uh, mentally in the uh, high and red uh, risk group. how far behind, say, the, the typically healthy folks uh, do, you think, do you think these uh, elderly folks or the ones who carry with them comorbidities or underlying uh, diseases may be? 
I think it's going to be weeks and even months. I mean, I've got some, my particular, my in-laws, very near and dear to me. They're each in their early 80s. They're an overall healthier than your average early 80s person. But when I could be around them without feeling like I could be putting them at risk, since I'm a healthcare professional, I'm out here in, in the environment protecting myself, but still I'm in an environment where I could become exposed. Am I safe to visit them for Thanksgiving, for this summer, as I normally would? There's a lot of unknowns. And for those people in the at-risk categories, I think as a society, we owe it to to them to protect them, to you know help arrange services to bring them the foods they need, the medicines they need. Uh, you're seeing more and more a lot of the shopping centers, the Costco's, the Walmart's. They're creating special hours for the more more vulnerable pop- populations. This coronavirus is not going to go away anytime soon, and those in the most vulnerable categories are going to have to make some serious adjustments because when they get it, that's when it becomes lethal. Yeah. The new normal is going to mean different things to different people, depending on your circumstances. Dr. Mobley, sir, I'm grateful to you for your expertise, grateful to you for your friendship, and grateful to you for setting some time aside to speak to me in the audience here. Absolutely. If I can lend my small part, I enjoy coming on and doing what I can to keep the uh, people of Utah that listen to you educated. There's, there's probably a little too much fear out there. We need to dial that back a little bit, replace some fear with statistics. And I think if we follow the advice of our local health officials like Dr. Dunn, we can slowly get back to a more normal feeling of day-to-day existence. Isn't she great? Isn't Dr. Dunn just the best? The, the way she answers questions, just straightforward, no nonsense. She's not deflecting. She's responding directly. I've taken a lot of comfort from listening to her briefings each day. Yeah, I think she's been a great leader for our state, and uh, you know, she, she streams those online. You often can't get them on the TV news, but if you follow them online, you can catch those conferences, and they, they're very informative. She goes into a lot of detail about uh, latest numbers and case counts, and they're very informative, and I think she does it in a way that's not sensationalized. So your evening news is going to sensationalize it. Dr. Dunn's going to kind of give it to you straight, in my opinion. Primary sources, always the key. Uh, Dr. Mobley, MobleyMD.com. Sir, grateful to you. Again, we'll speak again soon. Always a pleasure. You have a great rest of the day. All righty, thank you. We're going to take a break here, get some news. When we come back, we're going to be speaking to Utah Congressman Chris Stewart. He has a piece of legislation he's been working on for a number of years. There is light at the end of the tunnel for that bill. It has to do with suicide prevention. Right now, the estimates are that we need help on that front uh, more than ever before. Chris Stewart, Congressman, my guest next on Live Mike. I'm Lee Lonsberry, and this is KSL News Radio.